I'm Alyssa. I'm Alyssa. And I am not Alyssa. This is 52 Women, the official podcast of the Montgomery County, Maryland chapter of the National Organization for Women. So this week has kind of been a shit show. And to start us off on a somewhat, I'm going to say hilarious note, because we're going to be talking about a lot of pretty dark stuff, so we just want to want to lighten it for a little bit, I am going to read part of Hillary Clinton's passage from her book on Bernie Sanders, because it seems like Hill Dog has the same opinion of Bernie that we do, which, you know, great minds think alike. (laughs) (laughs) There there was a page released from her book, so I'm just going to read part of it, not all of it. Um... But she says, because we agreed on so much, Bernie couldn't make an argument against me in his area, in this area on policy, so he had to resort to innuendo and impugning my character. Some of his supporters, the so-called Bernie bros, took to harassing my supporters online. It got ugly and more than a little sexist. You can say that again, Hillary. When I finally challenged Bernie during a debate to name a single time I changed a position or a vote because of a financial contribution, he couldn't come up with anything. Nonetheless, his attacks caused lasting damage, making it harder to unify progressives in the general election and paving the way for Trump's crooked Hillary campaign. And then my favorite part is when um, she says, I appreciated that he campaigned for me in the general election, but he isn't a Democrat. That's not a smear. That's what he said. He didn't get into the race to make sure a Democrat won the White House. He got in to disrupt the Democratic Party. So I would just like to point that out to many of our legislators who feel they need to jump on the Bernie train, because some of us are getting a little tired of it. But anyway, I appreciate her savage honesty in that. Yeah, me too. I will I will defend Kamala Harris a little, though, and say <laughs> that we, ha- we do have to convince some of those people to vote for a Democrat. I did not name names. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying we do. We I don't like I I do not like I think Bernie Sanders is a nightmare and a disaster. And I don't think that you should say that you're proud not to be a Democrat and then get mad when people say, "Yeah, you're right, you're not a Democrat." It makes no sense. Maybe that's also why he didn't mobilize enough people to vote during the primaries because he's not a Democrat, so he didn't know the freaking rules of the party. Yeah. Yeah. It could be it too, and Sucks she said you. like that. The last, um, the last sentence on this page um, that was released is, "I am proud to be a Democrat, and I wish Bernie were too." And I think she's got a point. Like they they adjusted their platform for his values to try and court some of those voters. So like, come on over. Like stop stop trying to be a dick or whatever you're doing right now because you feel like everyone should listen to the wrinkly old man. Right. Well, and I think it's really interesting because I was at this, um, I was at a wedding a few weeks ago in Brooklyn and almost everyone, there are people I love very much. So it's not like, and I've known my whole life. It's not, it's not, or known their whole lives because I'm older. It's not like they're, um, people I barely know or, you know, and, um, they're all, I think the one who's closest in age to me is five or six years younger than I am, so like 30, but most of them are in their mid to late 20s. Um, They are all, consider themselves very liberal. They all are very well educated. 
Um, they all grew up not super wealthy, but certainly very comfortable middle, upper middle class families. Um, and they're all, all, all the people I was talking to about this happened to be women. Um, they all voted for Bernie in the primary. They all voted for Hillary in the general. Um, they were not Bernie bros who refused to vote for Hillary. But I was talking to them about it, and I, I said, what is it? Tell me what it is. And, and a lot of them are like, one of them wanted to be an actress. She's a struggling actress. She has a day job. Um, and then she also does auditions and stuff, you know, whatever, extra. Um, one of them has kind of moved around and she worked at a gallery. Then she didn't like that. Then she worked somewhere, you know, she kind of like has moved around a lot. And, and I said, what it, like, what is it that you like about this? Because they were also talking about how like they felt like the Dem socialists speak the most to them personally. That's what, like now, at this point. Yeah. And I was like, tell me what it is because I'm, I'm so purely Democrat, partisan Democrat, that it's hard for me to even fathom what, what is going on there. Um, and I think the gist of it, honestly, and I, I don't agree with it, but I think the gist of it is they don't want to have to get establishment jobs. They want to be able to pursue what they want to pursue. And they're terrified that there isn't going to be a way for them to get medical care um, and buy a house that that like doesn't even seem like an option to them at all. Um, and I think they also feel like there are huge injustices um, in terms of the way we treat people of color in this country, the way we incarcerate people. But they don't, they know a lot about it academically. They're really smart and they read and they know a lot about it academically. But none of them is particularly um, immersed in a group of friends that is anything but white oh, yeah. type. You know what I mean? Brooklyn type people. Yeah. Does that make sense? So yeah. so they care yeah, about it on it's, paper. It's, um, they, they mean well and they think, and I don't mean this to sound negative, but they think they understand the concept right. out of the goodness of their heart. Right. Like they 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 care for people, but they also don't have a concept of what re the reality is like. That's right. There's no. That's absolutely right. And it's also like people are always down on millennials. Like they don't. I mean, I technically Jenny Rose and I are, are millennials. No, 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 no. I refuse to subscribe <laughs> to that particular definition of a millennial. We're, they do say millennials can be split in half, and we are definitely the old half of millennials. The, I'm the old half, half too. That I, like, in, it, it's a, it, yeah, I mean, I subscribe to the whole millennial start after, like, 1984, and that we're in that, that, like, weird middle section that they used to call Generation Y. Yeah. Um. Like, that's what I, that's the area that I subscribe to because, like, they had us take tests at work. Uh -huh. And I'm not, like, conceptually, I'm not a millennial, even though some define me as one. But, yeah, that's... But that, but yeah. that, yeah, I mean, like, we technically are. But I think it's, like, I think that, I think some of the criticism of millennials is, like, they don't understand. They don't, 
educate themselves. They don't read the way they all just get their news from Twitter and social media. And I don't know all millennials. I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of them who are terrible, but just like <laughs> there are a lot of boomers who are terrible and a lot of everybody who's terrible. But like these particular people read a lot, but they don't have any personal knowledge of it. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah. they, they only they have it as a... They outside their comfort zone. Right. They only have life. it in theory, right? And they, you know, they... Uh, they want there to be art and theater and all those things for everybody and they value that and they think that should be communally valued and therefore they sh- they don't need to be rich. They just want to be able to pay the rent yeah. or buy a house doing what they love to do. And, and yeah, I think it's yeah. somewhere, I think the Democratic Party is somewhere between Republicans who are saying, you work, you're miserable, who cares? You do it, you pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And millennials who are like, but I just want to do my art and eat like at really nice restaurants, and then is that such a then sell out someday? Is that such a big deal? Like Democrats are in the yeah. Well, I want my avocado toast too, but (laughs) but yeah, I know exactly right. Like I take your point. I just think we're in the middle. Like we're Democrats. We're like in the middle of those two things where we have to say to Republicans, wait a minute, we have to have empathy, we have to understand where people are coming from, we have to understand that happiness is important, we have to understand that not everybody is born in a situation where it's easy to succeed. And then we have to say to these people, wait a minute, you can try this for a while, but eventually you're going to have to contribute in some other way if that way isn't working. And that's a hard place to be because you're always the damn bad guy. Yeah, and I... I (laughs) I hear that, and I do think they get, there is this interesting video, and it's like 10 minutes long, but it's this guy talking about, um, this guy talking about millennials and what the quote-unquote problem is with millennials, and he starts talking about the, like, the way they were raised, like, the, the, um, like the trends in in child rearing in those particular years, like you had the generation or the Gen Xers or the ones or the baby boomers or whatever, where everything was so harsh and then they were quote unquote soft on their children. They're like, you can do whatever you want and all that. And so the way these kids were brought up, they're told that and they're also not allowed to fail. So if they fail at something, it hits them so much harder because it's not something they were accustomed to. And he doesn't go through it in a blamey way. Like, he actually spells it out, like, really, like, really well and why this generation doesn't want, like, a desk job and doesn't want this and doesn't want that. And I'm saying all of this without judgment. Right. No, no. It's not my thing, but I I get it. Yeah. Um, But... But yeah, like I, I can say that I'm a Democrat. Like when I was younger, I was like socialism, yay! And then you know I grew up, yeah. And I learned about things. Like I didn't. I used to think single payer healthcare was the best idea ever. And then I went to grad school, and like I have my master's degree in healthcare, and I know like maybe it's not the best thing ever. You know, like it's you have to put yourself in a situation where you can read and read and read. And have an opinion, but until you're in that situation, you just have a conceptual vision of it. Yeah. And I think a lot of these 
people, I don't want to call them kids, because like you said, like some of them are, are close to our age. I had a baby already when I was everybody's age that I'm talking about. Yeah, like, <laughs> like they've, you know, they, they've known maybe an easier life than we did when we were younger, if you will. Like, Yeah, well, it's just, I, I also think that, like, just going back to... to um, to Hillary versus Bernie, I you know, a lot of people who I admire who are leaders of, um, bl- like, black leaders, leaders in the black community, who are very anti-capitalism because they feel like it's a construct that, you know, is just keeps minorities down and that, you know, who are very good, still did not like Bernie and still felt that he had no understanding of the plight of people of color in this country and no good plan for, you know, what, how to fix that. Yeah. 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 So I mean, like, I think it's both. Yeah. And I think his style spoke to a lot of people because of that. Like it's yeah. the same thinking where Hillary, like she wasn't saying that many different things. She was just saying like, we have to have a plan. And, and one of like the thing, like I'm not, I mean, I'm not a huge capitalist. I subscribe to the Star Trek mentality where you <laughs> just get rid of money altogether. Uh-huh. Um, but I do believe that sometimes you have to pay for things like, like Hillary's whole education plan where she wanted education, like college education tuition to be free, but she thought people should pay for room and board and you could do like a work program or whatever. But she thought like you, you should pay for room and board. I don't disagree with that. And I think there should be a sliding scale and I think you should help people who can't afford it and give everybody the same opportunity as much as you can. But I do think, some things actually cost things, mm-hmm. and I feel that way about healthcare, even though we have to fix that. But I think that there's a fundamental difference where Bernie is just like, no, everything, everything should be free to everyone, and we'll take it out in the taxes, and not taking into account the trickle down of that, like how that would, like his tax plan, like I couldn't afford that, like I would have to move back in with my father, you know, like it, it's just so drastic. Where, yeah. where his ideas were simpler, and everyone was like, "Oh, that's amazing! That's great! Let's do that!" And they don't want to listen to the woman explain. Well, that's not going to work. We should do it this way. Yeah, but don't you so think I, that? Yeah, don't I was I don't want to. I was just going to say like I think that's I think part of what you're saying is that he like it's easy to go up there and say health insurers drive health insurance CEOs drive. BMWs and have five spare cars and you have to pay yeah. this much for and that's true like there there are many truths <laughs> not just one truth yeah. Yeah. um but I think the other part of it is what you're saying about like I think Hillary Clinton probably at the beginning had a lot of meetings especially given the media's and peep the country's perception of her in the past and the way the GOP has attacked her in the past I'm sure they had a lot of meetings about public perception and tried to decide whether it was better for her to go in softer or hard I'm sure they had I mean I know all politicians have meetings about how things look and optics I know that I know that but I'm sure they had 10 times as many meetings for her because she was a woman yeah and I'm sure the meetings were not about 
would it look good if I was wearing a blue tie or should I take my jacket off? Does that look too formal? I'm sure it was more like, are they going to think you're a shrill bitch if you say it this yeah. way? Are they going to think you're a boring know-it-all if you say it this way? Are they going to think you're dumb and don't understand if you say it this way? Are they going to say you're copying Bernie Sanders if you say it this way? Like, she was kind of, just by just by virtue of the fact that she was a woman, she was in a no-win messaging situation there. Yeah, and if I heard one more goddamn person say, well, she goes into too much detail, she goes into too much policy, I was going to rip my hair out. I know. People need people need to understand how things work. Yeah. yeah. And that, that's one of my fundamental criticisms with Obama and the Affordable Care Act. Like, I don't think, and not just Obama, I don't think the, de- the Democrats did a great, great job of messaging what's in there. Right. And I... That will always be my criticism, as much as I I love him. Um, But, like, people need to understand. People need to understand. And the whole criticism, well, she talks too much and she bores people. Like, I think deal with it. Get bored, but but understand what's going on around you. And if she was more traditionally attractive, would people have said that? No. They would be like, please, gorgeous, tall, leggy blonde, tell me more. Yeah. I think, going back to millennials, I think part of the reason why Bernie appealed to so many of the younger millennials is because I'm not sure how much of a grip they have on how hard people had to work to get certain things advanced to make their life better and make their life the way it is now. So when somebody just said, oh, everything should be free or you should have, you know, this and it it should be a right and not something you work for. They just assume that's the way it should be because they don't, I don't think they are taught or they don't have the knowledge that people struggled to get certain rights for them. Right. Well, and it's nice to say that. Like, yeah. when, if someone, I mean, if, if someone said, it's it's coming from the a good place. Like, it it's right that a child shouldn't have to, who can't help, like, a child who's born and has a gene that causes a mutation that causes cancer when the kid, you know, when the person is a child. Like, those, that child's family should not have to go into life-ending debt, basically, no, in trying not. to, like, and so... Right, no, of course, I know you think that. But, like, I, I think that that's, that example, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Once you say that, how can anyone argue beyond that? I'm not saying they, yeah. I'm not saying there isn't an argument. I'm saying it, the optics of the situation don't allow someone else to argue once you've said that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I agree with I agree with that. Like, no, no one, I don't think anyone should be denied health care for any reason. You know, you can't pay whatever. I don't, but I also think that we need a solid infrastructure to help, help that. You can't just flip the switch and say, okay, everybody gets Medicare because you'll, you'll, you'll crash the economy. But there, you have to have certain considerations. Like doctors, doctors need to get paid. Like doctors need to feed nurses need to get need to get paid. So you have to work out how you can still keep these people employed and attract 
qualified individuals to these positions while still allowing people to get care. Like, and you can do it. I'm sure you can do it. But you have to work that out, and it's not going to be a switch. And I think that's where I get frustrated. Yeah. Um, when somebody says something like, well, do you want a kid to die? No, I don't want a kid to die. Right. And I think we should have a contingency plan while this is going on, but we need we need to be smart about it. Right. No, no, I agree. I'm just saying I think that's, like, I totally agree with you. I just think that oh, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I wasn't arguing with you. I was just adding on. Yeah. No, yeah. And, well, I just don't want anybody who's listening to think I think either one of you thinks kids with cancer should die. <laughs> no, 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 no. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, but I also think that, like, uh, well, this isn't a feminist issue, particularly. But, like, I, I think that happens in public education. Like, teachers make nothing. Yeah. And yeah, I was almost going to say that, so you don't have the issue you have with teachers now, where many teachers are leaving. These yeah, days. yeah, they mean nothing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but I do think I do think the optics of all this, like, just I do I do think that the way that things got explained and the way he was able to attack her, um, I think those do go back to the fact that she's a woman. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It just wouldn't have happened the same way. I mean, he might have still said the same things, but it wouldn't have looked the same. He wouldn't have been shushing her, and she wouldn't have been, you know, I don't know. Wagging his finger at her. Wagging his finger at her. I I know. She went between, like, yeah, she went between a guy scolding her and talking to her like she was an idiot to a guy who was stalking her stalking her on the stage yeah. because she's a hundred times smarter than he is at least and yeah i mean i don't know do you guys do you ladies remember john edwards like before all the gross stuff that he did yeah yeah so i think if it was john edwards if and if he never did any of that gross stuff saying what hillary said like i think it would have been a no-brainer yeah because you have an attractive uh, i thought it was attractive but an attractive white man yeah. with a southern accent saying all of this, I think that would have been a landslide. Yeah. Yeah. It's just but, not, yeah, well. But he's an awful person, just, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he doesn't, want, he doesn't want kids with cancer to die. He just wants his wife to, so he can keep going uh, on his affair. Oh, girl. Oh, goodness. Oh, he didn't move the girlfriend into the house with the wife. He just moved it down the street. So, mm-hmm. yep, lovely, lovely, lovely gentleman that that John Edwards. Uh, Southern hospitality. Yeah, he was cute though. Um, <laughs> as long as we're as long as we're objectifying politicians. <laughs> uh, okay. So, um, on to Betsy DeVos. I think we should let Alyssa um, tell us what her new name for Betsy DeVos is. Okay. <laughs> I've, been, I've been waiting for this since earlier today. <laughs> so today is Thursday, September 7th. We're recording this. And she just... She... My name for her is she's a fucking piece of shit gender traitor. Yeah. Because she is, and 45's administration are getting rid of the campus sexual assault protections under Title IX. Because she has to be fair to 
All students. Including the accused, she said. She she enumerated yeah. which students she meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Betsy. Yeah. She, she specified. Yeah. Betsy, piece of shit. No, I messed it up. Betsy, fucking piece of shit, gender <laughs> traitor DeVos. <laughs> Go to hell. So we're on the fence about Betsy DeVos. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Uh, my sense is if she is that clueless to know what she's doing or if she is evil. Like, there's no middle ground. That's the fence that I'm on. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I, I think it's, I, I was just talking to a friend about this and before this happens. And I actually think her statement today kind of lends itself to this conversation. She today said, right, that we have to look at both sides, the people who are accused, Right, we, we have to look at everybody, all, like you said, all, we have to protect all students, we have to look at both sides. So, both sides now includes rapists and white supremacists. Yeah. So America's clear on that. Yeah. And the KKK, I think we should, I, I know there, there's a blanket, but I think we just need to keep stressing. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so. 2017. We are in 2017. It's 2017. Um, Sorry, I didn't clarify that when I said what date it was. (laughs) Every day. It's like, this is not a nightmare. It's real. This is real life. It's 2017. This really is happening. Um, So here's what I I want. I was talking to my friend about. How do we, as good feminists, prepare women to protect themselves without making it seem like we are telling them it is their fault if they get raped. <laughs> do you know what I'm do you know yeah. what I mean? Like if I well, like if I'm sending my kid, my, I have a daughter, right? I'm sending my daughter to school. I don't want to I don't want anything I say to make her think that if heaven forbid this ever happened to her that it's her fault. But I also want to tell her to leave her drink with a friend when she goes to the bathroom. And to have a buddy when she goes to a party. Do you know what I mean? Like, I want to help her be safe without saying, if you go... I mean, I I believe that she should be able to walk down the street naked and drunk and nothing happens to her. (laughs) But, like, but again, going back to, like, what's what we wish and what is practical. Like... it's a good thought for your almost 11-year-old child. (laughs) Oh, don't, don't. Like, I... Like, when I read... Well, we're... We'll talk about it next week when I go to this, um... Or the next week after that when I go to this human trafficking thing for Montgomery County. But, like, I just, like, I've been reading about it. And those girls are Rachel's age. Yeah. They're, like, 12 years old. And I, I mean, and I uh, go, but that, I, it's disgusting. And I, like, think about how I would just, like, keep that person in a basement and torture them forever. And never tell anybody that they were there until I died. And then the person would die. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, I can't. It's so, it makes me so angry. I can't even think about it. I just the naked and drunk part, not the... Oh, not the not the rape part. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, I think anybody, any woman should be able to do that. But I yeah, also yeah. want to warn... Like, I, you know what I'm saying? I want I want to give women no, the I tools think- to do it without saying you're, it's your fault if you forget to do one of those things and something bad happens. But I think you have to say that. You have to say there are people out there who might hurt you and you have to and you have to be safe you have to be aware of your surroundings 
that doesn't make it your fault, but there are bad people who are trying to hurt you, and you just have to be aware and say it more eloquently than that. But I think I just, and it sucks. And you, you, I think you say that. You say it's awful that I have to have this conversation with you because you should be able to do all of these things without any fear of anything happening to you, and I don't want you to be afraid, but I want you to be aware. It, it, like, there's, there's got to be a way to do that. Just keep reiterating, these are bad people. These, these people don't mean the best for you. And you, while I shouldn't have to tell you, you should look out for your friends when you're out. Like, you might have to do that. And we have to keep growing and evolving. And then at the same time, you should talk to her brothers. And, well, yeah. Don't uh, worry. You know, like, and, <laughs> and do it when they're in a group. And so it's, everyone's getting the same information. And you talk to your boys. Like, oh, I already about, tell them, I already tell them when they're like well, tickling each other right, and one of them I'm says no, saying, that like, they have to stop. Together. So your daughter sees, like, you're not just giving her this, there are bad people, you need to be aware, blah, 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 blah. But your daughter sees that you're also telling your son. You can't, you shouldn't do this to women. This is wrong. This is whatever. And the boys see you telling their sister, you have to be careful because they're bad people. Like, I think it's a, um, it's a holistic approach where they're all getting the same message. And, you know, the boys might start to think, I wouldn't want anyone doing this to my sister. I would like, I wouldn't do this to anybody else. And, you know, then they have their group of friends and they can be a peer influence and that sort of thing. Like, and, and maybe you can say, like, we're getting better at this, but we still have a long way to go. Like, I think it's just a long conversation where you have to keep saying, this is not your fault. This is I shouldn't have to tell you this, but I'm telling you this because there are bad people, you know? Yeah, no, and I think that's great advice, and I think it's, I think you're absolutely correct, and that's really empathetic, too. I wonder what... I also, in addition to wondering that, I wonder what campuses do. Like, imagine you're a freshman woman, and you get to campus, and your RA has a meeting with all the women on your hall and says, here's how you can avoid, here here are the best ways, like, to avoid blah. Do you know what I mean? Has that same talk, but it's your RA, and it's your campus doing it. Like, then are you like, I don't know, but then, but I mean, should they? Or then is the person like, fuck you. You should go tell the boys not to rape me. Do you know what I mean? Like, what is the reaction that happens there? Yeah, and I don't remember. Like, I don't... No, I don't remember that happening either. I'm just asking, like... I don't remember. And I'm not saying that because I think it didn't happen. I'm saying I honestly don't remember. Yeah. Um, I I remember the girls in my quad when we were going to a frat party, well, wasn't a frat, you know what I mean, we're going to a party, and I remember the girls in my quad telling the freshmen, like, be careful, like, you know, I remember that, like, we'll all stick together, but that wasn't, like, an RA thing, that was them looking out for the young girls, you know? Yeah, I guess I'm just, since DeVos today said, these, this was an overreach, she said he weaponized the Department of Education, that was her exact word, and I, and I said to you guys before on text, it really made me mad, because... The word weaponize. You know what's a weapon? A fucking rapist. Yeah. The, your penis is a weapon. Your hands holding a woman down are a weapon. That would be, that would be a weapon. Yeah. That's a weapon. Um, but, you know, she said, I. she did say, I don't believe her, don't worry, but she did say, she did give a brief part where she said, 
one assault is too many, one rape is too many, one... Yeah, but she ended that saying, like, one, f like... False falsely. report is too many. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would also like to point out that in the clip that I saw, she did not use the word assault. She used the word sexual misconduct. Which in that, during that, during that part where she listed all the things? No, I think she I did say I, assault during that thing. Uh, at I some point remember. she said, uh, people who are victims of sexual misconduct and people who are accused of sexual misconduct. And I was like, yeah. we're not... Let's call it what it is here, lady. Right. Yeah, it's the Department of Education. Use your vocabulary. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Um, no, but like, I, I just, she did say, I don't believe her, but she said, yeah. I want to make new rules. We're not, we're going to scrap all these. She didn't say, she, again, like repeal and replace. There's, there's the repeal without the replacement, right? But like in an ideal world, if we get to go tomorrow and tell Betsy DeVos and she's like, uh-oh, you guys really stepped in it. Somebody help me. What should I do? Like, as feminists, what do we want the Department of Education to do here? Like, Get a new, get a new secretary. Yes. That's what I want. Step one. Um, <laughs> but once they do that and they hire us to help, what do we want? I mean, what do we want from them as feminists? How about, like, not keeping reports in the school? Like, why yeah. doesn't it go to the police? Which, obviously, we know police and the judicial system let women down all the time when it comes to this. But, like, why is it up to the school to punish a rapist? They, yeah. Like, it should not be up to the school. It's like the same thing with sexual assault in the military. It stays in the military. It doesn't actually go to law enforcement. It stays in the system that wants to protect its image. Yeah. That's not a way to protect the survivor of assault. Yeah, I, I was once at NYU. Terry, tell the story on the pod. I, when I was at NYU and... Um, flashback. Yeah. Mm, flashback to a guy following me masturbating down the street. Um, and I walked into a dorm, and not my dorm, but an NYU dorm, and told the security guard... Yeah. And he was like, well, what do you want me to do? Call the police? Yeah. It was like night. Yeah. And I was 18 years old and I was like, and I, I actually, at that point, I actually didn't, I, I didn't know what the guy's deal was. I didn't know if he was like, not mentally, like, didn't really know that he was doing something wrong. Like, I couldn't tell it was nighttime. Do you know what I mean? And I was like, I, I mean, all I really wanted was for the guy to drive me home, <laughs> drive me back to my dorm. So I wasn't walking with this guy on the street and to come like come outside with me and see what the heck was going on. Um, and But once he said it like that, I said, yeah, I want you to call the police. So then they called the police and the guy, and even like even then the police officer was telling me to calm down. And I was like, I'm 18. A guy was walking down the yeah. street with his penis out of his pants, jerking off six inches behind my back. Don't, please don't tell me to calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but like, that was the same, I mean, it's true because they they don't want to they don't want to involve law enforcement ever. Yeah, and especially when it's like that was just a small thing that would go on. Some who would ever find out about that? Like that wasn't the star football player or the star swimmer or whatever. Ra you know, raping someone on campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I did not experience campus sexual assault in college, but I know someone very close to me who did. And I am 
still appalled at the process. Like, still appalled at the whole thing. Um, how it was handled, that the campus had very little, I don't know if they had very little control over it or if they chose not to enact that control, but essentially, like, the person that was assaulted or the person that did the assaulting was still able to actually come into the dorm of the person he assaulted because he didn't live on campus so they couldn't prevent him from coming in the building. Like, it was this bullshit excuse, and I was like, really? Like, this is... So, and this was, you know, in the early 2000s, so I would hope things would change, but, like, I don't... um, Like... They need to be doing more than what they were doing. Yeah. Well, and I think part of it does have to be, like, required education for both groups of people. For people who, for everybody. Like, here's how to protect yourself when you're out. And also... Here's Very clearly, shit. well, and and even if you can't, I mean, people are going to be pieces of shit because they just are pieces of shit. But like, if you if you very clearly spell out in absolutely zero tolerance policy, and say your ass is kicked out of school and we're calling the police, and you say it at a meeting and scare the crap out of people, like, right? You have to do that. Did did you read the and code I, of yeah. conduct when you got to college? I didn't. Like, I don't know what was in the code of conduct of my college. Do you? I didn't even know my college had a code of conduct. Yeah, everyone does. So, like, I mean, that's when they when they cite these things, they're like, well, you know, they, they have all these different parameters for charging people with things besides just because it's on campus, like entering a dorm that was whatever, being intoxicated under a, whatever, all the different things that they can use to litigate it on campus are all from the code of conduct. And, like, nobody knows what that is, like maybe part of the freshman orientation is, like, about campus sexual assault. Right, and I think it should be. And I think it's also, maybe you don't even, uh, i say, maybe you also don't approach it from the, we're going to throw your ass out of school. Maybe you also start with, this is what consent means, you know? Yeah. No, I think we need that, too. It's a basic, like, I don't know why we need to tell people this, but maybe it's a basic um, conversation. What is consent? This is consent. And, you know, hey, let's, let's give that to all sides, right? Like, let's not discriminate and say only men need to know that. Sexual assault does happen where the woman is the assaulter or assailant or whatever, you know, let's, let's be equal opportunity here. It's rare, but it happens. So maybe you start with a conversation about consent and then it goes into, if you do this, your ass is off campus. Like that's it. Yeah. And I think consent has to be a really broad conversation because I think no means no is a really effective. And I, I loved that Joe Biden moment where he just said, it over it. No means no means no means no. <laughs> like, yeah. I loved that moment. But also, your girlfriend is allowed to say no. Yeah, and so is your wife. So just is your future right, reference. So is your wife. But while we're at college, yeah. hey, there are married. I went to school in the Midwest. There are definitely some married <laughs> students. Oh, blow Ohio. Um, 
But like, yeah, but like you're, someone says yes a million times, you're inside that person and the person says, never mind, I don't want to do this. Yeah. That's the end of it. Like, it could I, be like yeah. three quarters of the way through. Nope. Yeah. Bye. Yeah. That's, it's gotta be that explicit. And I think part of it is that, well, a lot of it is that we don't care about women and girls as much as we care about men um, in this society. But I also think that part of it is that people are prude and they don't want to be explicit about things like that. Yeah, I think yeah, that they... have to use terms. Yeah. Use terms. If, if, you're, if a penis is in a vagina and she doesn't want it anymore and she says, no, take your penis out of the vagina. That is right. Every, like, every thrust after that is rape. Right. That's right. And it has to be explicit, right? Because bros got to understand. Yeah. <laughs> we got to spell it out. Yeah, yeah. But don't spell because that's too hard. Just say it. <laughs> I think they should have, like you were saying, some kind, a part of it as a freshman orientation. But also, like, who knows where the bumblefuck some of these kids came from. And what abstinence-only things they were taught. So they probably don't know, some of them, what consent really means. So when you get to college, like, you're an adult on your own. Well, you're sort of an adult. In a court Um, of law, you're an adult. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I was going based on maturity, but yeah. (laughs) Um... You need to know at that point. Colleges can be explicit and tell you because you're not some 11-year-old who's going to be like, Mommy, look what I heard in school today. That's right. That's true. It's not right. It's not public. It's not a public school teacher when you're a little kid. It's you're an, you're an adult. Um, okay. Anyway, that's just a wish list because we know Betsy DeVos is not going to do that. That's true, but I think it's a good wish list to have, and I think it's a good wish list to keep talking about. Yeah. Yes, and I would like to give a shout-out to Joe Biden, who is an ally in this particular crusade, who immediately came out and was like, this is bullshit. So he said. Well, yeah, and he has his This Is, um, It's On Us campaign. Yeah. um, That's still really active, and actually in our state, there's a guy, Kyle Learman, um, he's on Twitter, and his wife is really active politically, too. They're both great. Um, and he worked for Biden, and he's really active in Maryland politi- political Twitter, if you're interested in the governor's race or any of that. Um, and he tweets a lot about um, It's On Us because he worked for Joe Biden. Um, and he was Hello. tweeting about it today, so if you're interested in following him. Um... Okay, chapter news, we have um, a meeting coming up on the 13th. Uh, it's at the Rockville Library at 7.30. And um, then we're going to, oh, and we're going to be collecting for um, Support the Girls. Yeah. Uh, our next meeting, we're um, going to be splitting our collection um, between Support the Girls and Narrow Maryland Pro-Choice has a new campaign um, where they are uh, working for justice for women and girls in um, jails and prisons in the state of Maryland. And one of the ones around here needs 
unscented maxi pads. Um, so we are gonna work on collecting some of those and they have a donation, they have two donation bins, one at the double NAACP office in Baltimore and one in Silver Spring, but I'll, I'm gonna drop them off um, at the Silver Spring one when I go. So when you're shopping for Support the Girls, um, if you wanna shop for unscented maxi pads of any brand and any um, thickness or type, they need those for um, women who are, and women and girls who are incarcerated. Um, and then we are gonna have our uh, happy hour at Harp and Fiddle in Bethesda. That's on Monday the 18th. Um, sorry, that's a that's a date change um, because we didn't want to interfere with uh, Jewish high holidays. So that's going to be the 18th at Harp and Fiddle at 7:30. Um, we hope we'll see you there. Harp and Fiddle is going to be donating 10% of the proceeds of the happy hour to our chapter. Um, so if you want to come out and support us and help us raise some money so we can put on programs like the program EV2 is about to talk about. Uh, that would be super. You talk about it. Oh, I can talk about it too. <laughs> so on October 1st, uh, October 1st, it's Sunday, we're going to be having uh, our Racial Justice Now event. We're going to be doing uh, events on each and now six core issues over the next year. Um, our first one since this subject keeps coming up all the time with the ridiculous things that are happening in this country and in uh, the administration right now is on racial justice. We're going to be having a panel discussion and Q&A. So we've announced two of our panelists so far. The first one is Gil Diazzi. She's the vice president of the National Organization for Women. Uh, she's an enrolled member of the Navajo Nation, so she's going to be speaking um, to tribal and indigenous issues on the panel. Um, our second panelist is Mimi Hassanin. She's a f senior fellow at the Montgomery County Office of Community Partnerships and is their liaison to the Middle Eastern community. Um, we have some other panelists lined up, and we will be announcing those soon. So definitely stay tuned on our social media and website to see that info. Um, you can get tickets for the Racial Justice Now event on Eventbrite. Um, the link is on our social media and website. And if you'd like to go to our website, you can go to MC for Montgomery County, MD for Maryland, now for National Organization for Women, mcmdnow.org. Um, and so we have an event page on our calendar. We've also linked to it on the homepage. Um, and our social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at mcmdnow. Uh, you'll see us posting about the event and our panelists. Um, we have bios up now for Gilda and Mimi. Um, so go check it out, and we hope very much that you will join us on October 1st. Um, a related to racial justice, not a um, not solely a feminist issue, but uh, we just want to give a, a shout. All issues are feminist issues. True. <laughs> not specifically a feminist issue, feminist only issue. Um, we want to give a shout of solidarity um, because of uh, Trump's, well, Sessions 
Jeffrey Beauregard Sessions statement on DACA um, this Jefferson week. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. Jeff, Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. Yeah, Jeffrey. I call him. Head, uh, head racist Keebler Elf. Yeah, head racist yeah. Keebler Elf who buttoned his jacket and just did a little jig up to the podium. Um, we just want to say that we're standing with um, the dreamers who are not not that you have to be a perfect model citizen to live in this country, but who are near perfect model citizens who live in this country, who know almost all of them know no other home but this one, um, and that we'll do everything we can to stand in the way of anyone trying to cruelly and just totally inhuman the way they're trying to expel them from our country. Um, all right. and They're I, claiming that that they get six months to decide on this, but they're, the administration's already sending reports to, or they're already, like, leaking memos to tell people, like, that they should basically prepare to self leave themselves from this country. Like, deport, deport. them, self-deport. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, yeah. prepare for their departure. Yeah. That's what it was, yeah. Well, and the worst to me is, like, these kids are, well, some of them are, like, 30. I mean, some of them are, are grown-ups, but some of them are kids. A lot of them are kids, and um, they hear that they get to stay. Then they hear they have to go. And then there's a tweet that it's going to be six months. Then there's prepare for your departure. Then there's another tweet today. Don't worry for the next six months. I'm like I I I can't wrap my head around what's going around going on, and I'm an adult, and I'm not directly affected by this. I can't imagine being a kid who is directly affected by this. Yeah. And having to deal not only with the stress, but just being totally and utterly confused about what's going going to happen. Yeah, I just saw an article about. Uh, Steve King, who's a Ugh. fucking piece of shit. Gosh, I hate Steve King. Um, representative from Iowa. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, oh, I said f- two people on this podcast are fucking pieces of shit. Um, he's a racist, <laughs> not a gender traitor. Uh, but to be fair, Betsy DeVos is a racist, too. Ra- yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Anyway, he said that uh, by getting rid of DACA... They're giving immigrants the opportunity to live in the shadows. Like, that, what? What does that even mean? He said they came the here to... opportunity? Yeah. I'm sorry, what? Like yeah. Batman? Like, maybe they'll become Batman. They're living in the shadows. No, he said they came here to live in the shadows, and we're not denying them that opportunity to live in the shadows. Oh, what an idiot. They didn't uh. come here for anything. They were brought by their parents. Like, this isn't, this isn't like they were, like, toddlers and had this idea, I'm going to cross the border into the U.S. or I'm going to get on a plane and overstay my visa. Like, these are kids, and these, these are, these are children who did not have, have free will in this, who were brought to this country. Like, well, he also, back in oh. April tweeted a picture of a of beer like a glass of beer yeah oh yeah I with a police shield looking image on it and said the 
First non-valedictorian dreamer deported. Border Patrol, this one's on. This one's for you. Like, what kind of... He's so racist, he doesn't even try to hide it. Maybe he got that beer from the keg that Paul Ryan was pumping when he was dreaming about taking <laughs> away Medicaid and Medicare from everyone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, big beer drinkers, these racists. How, he doesn't ever try to hide how racist No, he is. he's a terrible human. Um, okay, but tell us about an empowering Latina woman. Okay. Please. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so our woman of the week this week is Dolores Huerta. She's a major labor activist, community organizer, feminist, immigrants' rights act advocate, take note, Donald Trump, and co-founder of the United Farm Workers. Uh, she was born in 1930 in New Mexico. She faced discrimination as a child because of her family's Mexican-American heritage, which I know that sounds like I'm saying people from Mexi New Mexico are Mexican, but I was referring to her family being from Mexico. Uh, when she was in school, her teachers would accuse her of cheating because they couldn't believe a Chicana child was smart enough to do well. <sighs> In 1955, she co-founded the Stockton, California chapter of the Community Service Organization, which worked on increasing voter registration and economic issues facing Hispanic Americans. In 1960, she founded the Agricultural Workers Association, and in 1962, she, she and Cesar Chavez co-founded the National Farm Workers Association. And both of those organizations eventually combined in 1965 to become the United Farm Workers. Uh, Dolores was inspired to get involved in farm workers' rights after seeing farm workers who are hardworking individuals living in minimal homes with dirt floors. So they were obviously not getting paid well to do their work. Uh, she realized the conditions of farm workers were not great and their rights weren't being considered. Workers didn't have access to toilets or cold drinking water while they were out in the fields, and they were only earning about 75 cents an hour. She has talked about how the toilet issue specifically affected uh, women farm workers more than men. Um, we'll post a, a video or links to interviews where she's talked talked about that. Uh, she has highlighted in other interviews um, the sexual harassment and sexual abuse women farm workers faced out in the fields. In 1965 she helped to organize a strike of 5,000 grape workers who were striking for their rights. In 1960, or 1973 she again led an historic boycott against California grapes to gain rights for farm workers. She even got grocery store chains to stop selling a particular farmer's grapes in all of their stores. Uh, she faced harassment and violence toward her, her children, and her property as a result of the 73 boycott. Um, but her work paid off and she got the grape industry to increase wages and improve conditions for its workers. She says that women need to highlight and promote their accomplishments, like her, her 
successful great boycott um, because men do that and women shouldn't feel egotistical about doing so because the world needs to know what we can accomplish. She is a Presidential Medal of Freedom Award recipient and recently she has been extremely critical of 45's threat and now action as we just talked about to end DACA and she called it a step above slavery. Mm-hmm. So. Yes, she's a badass. She is a badass. Yeah. We enjoy her. There's a new documentary about her that uh, is going to be released soon. Um, I don't think it has been released yet, but within the next couple of weeks. So, if you are in... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, if you're interested in... In learning more about Dolores Huerta, um, check out the links that we'll post on the website, but also this documentary, uh, supposedly, um, or it's being called uh, a film that finally gives her the due she deserves. So. I think Carlos Santana produced yeah, it. Yeah, Carlos Santana. Yeah. I, I enjoy it. I enjoy his music. <laughs> um, it says it's out in theaters September 1st, so it might be kind of a limited um, release for a little while, but... It looks like it's out. Okay. I know um, in D.C. on, what is that? I the think 15th. it's the, yeah, September 15th, there is a showing of it at um, some theater in D.C., E Street Cinema, and Dolores uh, will be there for a Q&A session. Ooh. So Friday, September 15th. Maybe we'll go. Maybe a couple of us will go. We'll see. Okay. Well. <laughs> All right. See you guys and talk to you guys next week. Yeah, we want to also say before we go, those, yeah. in, well, by the time you hear this, uh, unfortunately, probably would uh, have already hit, but we want to say oh. best of uh, luck and wishes to those in the path of Hurricane Irma. Um, we hope you all stay safe and... Yeah, we'll be uh, providing some more organizations that you can donate to and and help out um, next episode. Um, Because we're sure that that those organizations will need it. So be on the lookout for that next episode. Anyway, that's it now. Okay, have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye.